1: The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get
2: up yeah. Yeah. Good boy. Good boy, Ranger.
1: Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're gonna catch a cat or a lion, you know you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Happy New Year, Houndsman XP fans. Man, we sure hope you guys had a great Christmas and holiday season. Wrapping it up with a great new year, kicking off a great new year. I know I really appreciated being able to take a few days off and get in the woods, get some hounds in the woods. We coon hunted, we bear hunted. Seth was running long dogs. Chad's out there getting after it. He's sent sent him pictures and posting pictures of mountain lions and trees. Whew, man, we needed that break just to collect our thoughts. So if you tuned in and you caught our recap episodes, we really appreciate it. Tried to pick some stuff that you guys would really enjoy and stuff that maybe needed another uh, listen. So, yeah. Hey, short pre-roll on this one. I'm not going to spoil this story. Like I said, we took a break. We've been bear hunting heath and the crew over there have been getting after the bears and uh i got to go over there and hunt with them several days and spend a spend some time over there. but we had brad luttrell and derek tolls from go wild come over and spend a couple days hunting with us and they'd never bear hunted with hounds before Brad Luttrell is the CEO and creator of Go Wild, the social media platform, and we took him on a bear hunt. And I think it's safe to say after you hear this story that it was a good move. We won some supporters of Hunting with Hounds. It was great. I'm going to let you get the whole scoop and the whole story from Brad himself. This is going to be a recap of his hunt and some of the takeaways he got from that hunt. It's really interesting to listen to because I know, as a hunter and a houndsman, that I take a lot of things for granted. And, you know, I guess I've learned to embrace the suck. And it's not that big a deal. It's just part of hunting with hounds. But. I'm telling you, these guys really had some good takeaways, and Brad brings them all together in this episode of the Houndsman XP podcast. So here we go. We're going to kick it off for 2023, and this is one long hunting story, and it's an epic one. It's one of the hardest pack outs I've ever done on a bear, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. You're going to. It's refreshing to hear, you know, the deer hunting crowd, uh, the the other hunting crowds and their impressions on what we do. So good stuff, folks. The old South dog box is rocking. It's time to get the tailgate down. Let's dump the box. All right. Welcome back to the Houndsman XP podcast. And we've got, uh, we had a wild time in Virginia and I've got the man on the trigger with me,
0: Brad Luttrell from go wild. How you doing today, Brad? Dude, good, doing great. Still riding a high from that bear hunt. I've told everybody I've talked to that <laughs> it was the craziest hunt I've ever done. It was the hardest hunt I've ever done. It was some of the most fun I've ever had hunting. Totally changed my perspective on houndsmen. And and I say that not to say that I had a bad perspective. I just didn't realize how much there is to it. You guys tell me that. I've been on here with you and he right. talking before, but... I mean, my God, man, until you get out with these dogs and just do it, you just really can't understand it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's like a buddy of mine. Uh, w- the first time we went to Vegas, a buddy of mine says, man, you need to go see one of those Cirque du Soleil shows or whatever they call them. How do you pronounce
0: that? Circa- Cir- Cirque du Soleil is how I've heard it. Yeah, that, I don't right? know. I don't know. But I, I'm from, so I'm from where Heath's from, so they say we say everything wrong. We do too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so when we went to Vegas that first time, they said, man, you got to go see this show. And I said, well, what's about? And it's, it's like it's nothing like you'd expect. It's the most entertaining thing you've ever seen. And it makes absolutely no sense. So from an outsider's <laughs> perspective, coming into this thing, you're walking into it totally blind. Uh, you know, maybe even some predisposed ideas about what's going to happen and different things, and then nothing ever goes the way that you expect it to.
0: Yeah, and, and Derek and I even talked about the, the gear. You know, we'll talk about that, of what I learned from that. Um, and I was even texting you, like, hey, what were some of those yeah. items you were... Because <laughs> I definitely... I didn't think I had any gaps in my gear really, but I definitely do. Mm-hmm. Like there's definitely things I would change before I go back.
1: Yeah. Let's cover that too, man. So yeah, we'll get there. Let's, uh, let's talk real quick. I want to, I want to cover what's going on at go wild. Um, go wild is probably, it, it is by far. I, I mean, I pretty much quit posting my hunting content on any other social media platform. Um, just because I love posting over on Go Wild. You know, I've been in that community now for, I've been a member since early 21 and um, really got aggressive about posting during the fall of 21. And the whole time I've been there, the thing that I love about it is you never see the shaming. You never see, it's supportive. It's It's people coming together. And I don't know how you guys have done that. That's awesome.
0: Well, so we we actually we don't do a whole lot of policing like people think we do. Um, I did we deleted a person last week for shaming somebody over a deer. Said it was a small buck, and he had done it twice. And uh, we just don't give warnings on that stuff. I mean, that's it. You're out. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I'll give warnings in certain scenarios. If I especially if it's a kid, um, you know, there's a chance to teach them instead of just booting them out. But um, you know, somebody gets in there that's a spike buck what are you doing like we very much believe in hunt your hunt and you know if it's legal it's allowed yeah so and that's literally in the terms of service so we police that more than i mean anything that comes up you know we're like other apps every now and then we'll get scammers in there that will kick out and right uh, but but we do not have any there is a zero tolerance policy for for bullying somebody for a legal take so um yeah i i think we part of Part of part of that's it, but really, what I like to see, and where we might be a little more forgiving to somebody, is if they do something like that, and the community starts to self police. Yep. You know, that's what that's what's really cool about Go Wild. I mean, dude, uh, you know, Go Wild's posted on all these other platforms as Go Wild, so we post on TikTok and and Instagram and all that stuff, trying to make people aware of our brand. I mean, I posted a video, uh, our team posted a video of me the other day, talking about. a a method to get a deer into a truck if you didn't have anybody around or you know uh some people do the tree and the rope and kind of pull it forward but sometimes you hunt and you don't have a place where you can do that so uh i i was i i gave uh just some thoughts for new hunters of like you can actually tie rope in the back of your bed and you can get that if you can get that deer head up and and hook it in uh at least at the tailgate level you can pull it in without breaking your back I just got raked over the coals by all these guys who were basically calling me a, a wussy yeah. uh, or worse. And, yeah. and they're like, a real man just picks up 200 pounds and throws it in the car. And I'm like, cool. I guess I'm not a real man. Then I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm not breaking my back. I work smarter, not harder, right? right? Um, but it's like hunters on other platforms will do this stuff. And then in our community, I think we've done uh, just a good job of kind of setting the tone uh, in the early days. And now we've got a lot of guys who, who understand it and they'll do the bidding for us. You know, they'll come out and say, Hey, we don't do that here. You know, you're going to get deleted if you keep that up. And, and every now and then you'll get somebody that says, I don't care. And then they're out. But usually people are like, okay, this is cool. Like this. Yeah. I wouldn't say that's somebody at deer camp. So why am I doing this on social media? Yeah, that's a tone. We
1: did a podcast a few weeks ago about, you know, character and principles and stuff like that. And, and I stick to the, um, The adage, it costs you nothing to be nice. It costs you nothing, you know, to congratulate somebody, to give them a a compliment. But go wild. You don't even have to go in there. And I I just brought it up because it's a great um, credit to to the platform you guys have set up there, Brad, uh, that you have a community like that where – and it's not all rainbows and lollipops. I'm not talking about, you know, all this stuff where everybody puts on their nice hat. I mean, it's, it feels genuine, people supporting people, other hunters. And, and I'd throw this out to my to the sponsors of this show. You know, I've talked to several sponsors, and I've told them, you know, when you post on other stuff, on other platforms— I don't know what the the percentage is of hitting your target audience over there on on some Facebook or whatever, but when you put when you sponsor and post at go wild, you are hitting your target audience one hundred percent of the time. One hundred percent. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know the, uh, the you kind of started to touch on it of, of like reach, but the engagement too, man. I mean, um, it's real. Like you, you can yeah. you get in there and commit, you can get. A lot better engagement early than you can on other platforms. But if you commit like that deer I posted uh, from this year, 423 upvotes and 97 comments, like those are big numbers for for most platforms. That's better than a lot of brands. I'll look at their Instagram content, and you know they'll have a quarter million followers and get two or three comments. Right. You know that we people have just they've gotten so used to posting on these other platforms that it seems like you have to. And nobody's kind of stepped back and said our engagement sucks yeah. that bear hunt I went on you guys with there's 43 comments and 151 yeah. upvotes, And I just posted that a couple of days ago, you know? Um, and so the, the engagement's real, the, the audience is great. The community is great. You know, uh, we've just tried to run, Something that's very similar to camp and hanging out with you guys. That doesn't mean we don't pick on each other. Exactly. Like you guys, somebody, uh, Garrett was making fun of himself, uh, with you guys on how bad of a shot he is with a pistol. (laughs) And then I I took, I took four shots at, at that bear. We'll talk about that in a minute, uh, of why that, why that happened. But then somebody, somebody said something over there of like, uh, it sounds like he shoots like Garrett. And it's like, that's funny. Yeah. You know, that's not being mean. Uh, I don't want to make it sound like we have a policy where you can't do that um we just don't allow shaming on on trophies like that's you're out that's done yeah you know we're not going to do that here
1: well i see that all the time over on i don't know what it is about those other platforms man it's just like you get guys that think they have a license to be a jerk you know just be being a ass right out of the gate and it's like just chill dude you know yeah
0: it's 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 weird because a lot of those people i truly believe are probably just normal like it's just the internet has a you know, that there's the whole thing of you can't get punched in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't advocate violence here, but like there is something it's been proven like there's a human um, nature of, of we do police what we say in person more because there's there's a physical yep. part of it. Yep. Right. And and there's a non a online. There's there's uh, physical distance. And um, there's also just a cultural culture that exists yeah, uh, for sure. on, online. So for sure.
1: Well, that's enough about social media, man. I I mean, I'm, I want to <laughs> celebrate celebrate go wild and everything, but but we had a blast down in Virginia last week and Dude, we hunted all so week. Fun. We hunted all week before you guys got there on on uh, Thursday night. We actually postponed the trip a day because we got rained out on Thursday. I was glad to see that you guys could get down there and spend a full two days with us and and yeah. see the dichotomy of the style of hunting cuz we hunted s- uh, Saturday completely different than what we did on Friday, yeah. mostly because we got our butts kicked Friday.
0: Um, yeah. And we didn't, we did an uncensored about this and I didn't even like, we kind of hit on what we did on uh, Saturday, but we talked so much about how different it was on Friday. When that was when we shot the bear too. But I mean, I, I kind of, me and Derek, I'll hit a little bit at the end. It's like, and then we didn't do any of that the next day. It was a totally different style. These guys are like storm chasers out here, you know, how they're coordinating. And and truly that's the closest thing I could think of to explain it to my wife of what we did on Saturday. I said, you know, twister, <laughs> these guys are doing that except it's a bear moving through, not a tornado. All right. Uh, but the um, what's funny is I was so unfamiliar with what it takes. Remember I texted you and I was like, Hey, is two days even enough. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know how long you guys need to be able to run the process. Like, Um, like if I drive down for two days while I get the experience and you, you, you kind of, you told me, he's like, yeah, you're going to see what it is. I don't know which version of it, right? but you you really encouraged me like, yeah, you're going to get to see at least a bit of it. I can't promise you anything. And that wasn't why I texted. Obviously I didn't, uh, you can never guarantee an outcome, but, uh, I, I just had no clue what we were signing up for. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So kind of, I'm curious what were, we'll run this like uncensored, um, what were your predisposed opinions going into it? Okay, let's let's cover those, and then I want to see the dichotomy or the similarities of of after you did experience. it. Or do we want to break? Do we want to break down the hump first?
0: No, let's go for it. I like that question. Okay, because um, uh, I think I made a huge mistake out of the gate first thirty minutes that I regretted uh, two hours later, like horribly. In that uh, first conception, you know. A lot of people, the big, uh, ignorant criticism of Houndsman is that you, the dogs do all the work. You guys show up and shoot a bear mm-hmm. and it's an easy pack out and all that stuff. Um, I wasn't there. I talked to you guys. I knew it was a lot of work to train. I knew we were going to be possibly logging a lot of miles from talking to you. And, and, um, but I, I, I did not really put together how remote we were going to get when the bear got down. And, um, We'll talk about it, but I, from what I understand, I ended up in a little bit of a unique scenario here. Uh, as you said, that was one of the hardest packouts you've ever seen, just by where it went down. Yeah. And in my head, though, stupid deer hunter over here, I'm thinking, like, nah, we'll be able to get it. Like, we'll get it out, but then we'll be able to get a truck into it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I left. You guys are going to laugh at me. Um, well, first, to back <laughs> up even before, the night before, we were talking about packs, and you and Heath even have a little bit of a different style. You run a little bit of a larger pack uh, at times. Heath is so minimalist, though. Yeah, uh, he's got nothing, right? He's like running that chest pack, and I think you have a chest rig too. But typically, I saw you with that bat pack on a lot through a lot of the day. Um, and it's not ideal. But you, it's right. It's not
1: ideal. Right. I, the the thing about the and and that group, I've seen everything with bear hunters. Everything from a Garmin hung around their neck and maybe a bottle of water. And that's it. And a few leashes, of course, um, to, you know, the full pack deal in the West, you know, where you're going to pack everything out, pack frame type stuff. So,
0: yeah. Well, so Derek and I heard you guys talking about it and Heath kind of got in my head a little bit. I'm not picking on Heath, but like he's talking about how he's like, you do not want to pack. He, He was even telling me, he's like, really, you don't even want a rifle. And we had that conversation of like, well, I'm not prepared to shoot at an animal with a pistol I've never shot before. I don't feel comfortable with that. I'm gonna I, any rifle I felt like I could pick up and be okay. Um, the so I go, I went with my little sling bag from Go Wild, like just food, water. I left my main bag in the truck. Mm-hmm. This is where I made my first mistake of my knives, my my backup water, my food, because I'm thinking we're if bear goes down and the work starts. I'm gonna have time to get back to that thing was not the case. Like we were, I I thought we were maybe two miles away from the truck. Derek said we were actually four miles away Mm -hmm. when, when the bear went down. Um, and then, and then, you know, the chaos ensued, and we'll talk about (laughs) that in a minute. Um, but the, so my first perception was that I would, it it was going to be closer to a deer hunt. You know, I shoot a deer, I got to walk out and go get the truck, but I can get back to it. And usually a few hundred yards later, it's up to the truck. Right. right? Um, that was a dumb perception of mine and I'm from an area like where we hunted. So I don't, I don't know really why I thought that I just like, that was a mistake. Um, and then, you know, on the flip side, it was kind of funny cause Derek had that big pack and, and he had a, a scabbard where he was hitting it and, and he did fine the first four miles. But when we went down to get to the bear, he was getting stuck because mm-hmm. that Laurel is so thick. It was frozen. So Derek kind of learned, he's like, yeah, if I was going to get into this, I, I would get a pistol. I was comfortable with, um, because those rifles are really just far from ideal. And it actually ended up impacting our pack out too. That's, that's where part of the problem started coming up. So like the first perception that was wrong was how much to take in. Um, I think if I were to do it, well, actually the second day I planned on packing more of my big bag and, uh, I didn't have a gun cause I'd already tagged out the second day, but I think I would have been somewhere between a little bit bigger pack two shoulder straps. Cause the, you know, you walking with a sling too was kind of the weight distribution started to bother me a little bit. Um, but then I would over time learn, I'd get a pistol. I was comfortable mm-hmm. with. I think you guys are dead on on that. That makes total sense. And you start getting, trying to get through that stuff. You just can't do it with a gun. Yeah. It's um it's like, so, so to set the, set the
1: stage here a little bit, the night, the day before you got there, we got rain all day. Temperatures dropped. And then up in elevation, up on top of the mountain where we were, I mean, it was like a winter ice capage wonderland. You know, everything yeah. had the the limbs had a quarter to half inch of ice on it. Um, in the morning, the ice was all holding to the trees as it warmed up during the day. I posted some video on on Go Wild of uh, the uh, the ice coming the ice down. Ice shed. The, the, yeah, I don't I don't even know what you call it, man. It was just I don't know, man. It was.
0: Man. Wild. It was uh when it first started happening, too, um, at one point, Derek and I even thought it was a bear uh, because we hadn't heard any dropping. Um, And at one point we were packing out and I know we heard a bear um, because you guys had just run one behind us. Yeah. And we started walking out and we heard like a like a real throaty growl. And we look over and then uh, I was like, I don't even have a gun loaded. We got to get out of here. And then we heard that ice drop and I thought I was getting charged. I'm like, oh, (laughs) crap. It was crazy. Uh, but that's how loud that stuff was. It sounded like something thrashing through the woods, but like you said, half inch ice doesn't sound like it'd be painful, but it's falling in six inch chunks from 40 feet up and hitting you in the head. It hurts. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, and plus the, the water. So it was like walking through a rainstorm and 30 degrees mixed with ice, a winter mix, and the sun was coming through so you were getting a spectacular light refraction light show deal going and we just got soaked
0: oh dude i i think some of your team thought derek and i were crazy uh because and this is skipping ahead a little bit but during that pack out he and i were just busting through all that laurel and you know it's ice but as it's breaking it's melting on our coats and it's soaking through our layers and we finally met up with Wesley and he kind of looked us up and down, didn't say anything. And, uh, he had to be thinking though, why are these guys soaked head to toe? And then when we got back to go get the bear, he looked at that and he goes, I see why y'all are so wet now. Yeah. Like he didn't realize how thick we were, uh, of, of just busting out. And that's, that's a gear thing too. That's part of what you and I, that's another perception I had. I knew we were going to be active, um, I, I brought a, a lot more gear than I needed because I didn't know what it was sure. going to be like, you know, uh, and Heath even the night before, he's like, Oh, you don't want to wear that puffy. You'll shred that thing to pieces. Mm-hmm. And I had a backup coat because I kind of thought maybe we'd get into some thick stuff. So I had a, a real durable Western style six sight coat that was great minus the moisture. It right. eventually soaked through. Um, but that was another misconception, you know, I think that's kind of how we started this yeah. conversation. I was yeah. like, what was the, what were the misconceptions? Um, uh, I didn't have, Good boots. You know, I had boots that I are great for walking here for like a whitetail hunt of maybe four miles, but we did 11 miles that day. Yeah. We did multiple Creek crossings. The bear died in the Creek. Uh, and these short boots I had on took on water, not too bad in the first Creek with the bear, but on the pack out, you, you, I told you, I said, I got to stop and dump my boots, man. I like, I can't even, uh, I'm going to have blisters terrible here. Uh, so like, I don't know what the answer is. Um, you guys were running some pretty expensive boots. Derek and I were on the. Derek had decent boots, uh, like two hundred fifty dollars boots. Mm-hmm. But I think I, if I were going to invest in something, it'd probably be better boots. Uh, if I was going to do, that, I'd definitely be better boots. And then, um, I had some light merino wool, but I really think I would get something. That's why I was texting you yesterday. I'm like, what were you wearing? Right. Because you had that really nice, that gray one, especially like that can take a beating. It's thick. It's going to wick away that moisture. Uh, that was a that was something I wasn't prepared for either. When we you know, got back to the how... truck that
1: night, uh my base layer was dry. <laughs> I didn't have a dry part yep, of my body. My dude. base layer was dry because when you put the 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 merino base layer and then you it was a king of the mountain um oh was there um Oh shoot, I can't remember which shirt it is. It's not the trapper pullover. Uh but anyway, it just continually is just like taking it all away from you and just putting it out into yeah. the air evaporating out into the air so my base layer was dry I, I i looked at you guys and you guys were soaked and when i pulled that shirt off then boom you know and I, when i walked yeah. in i peeled it off and put it in my pack so when i got to you even though it was some yeah, degrees that. i was just wearing a first light wick which is our lightest yeah. weight merino base layer and i get to the top and i was soaked and immediately yeah. when we started skinning, you know, I put the put the heavier wool back on. I, I was perfect. Yeah, I, I
0: had um, I had a six site uh, merino wool blend. And then I had the uh, a vest, a merino first light merino vest on. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of those were wet yeah. because that jacket was not that jacket's a synthetic jacket. It's not meant to take on. It'll do OK in light rain. But I mean, we were just this was know, like being in a rain ice. rain shower you know well and when it started melting it basically was right yep it was and and you're and and you're getting pelted in the face and head with all the ice um the the gear i mean there's just so many gear adjustments i would make uh you know but mostly the two big ones are um or three big ones i'll say bigger pack uh smaller gun um the sling bag was just not quite enough Mm -hmm. you know i left things behind that i needed uh, better boots for sure, for the reasons I talked about. And I like, I got a, you know, I say cheaper. They're one hundred and thirty dollars boots. I bought them Under Armour boots years ago. I'll, I'll bust them out. They have decent traction. Sure. Um, they're fine, right? They're fine. They're not meant to boots. be. They're, they're, yeah, totally. And, um, they've never been too light on anything except like if I was hiking in. Uh, they're so short that sometimes if my pants got a little wet, because we talked about the boot gaiters mm-hmm. too. Um, that's also another thing I'd probably add into the mix. But, you know, sometimes they would pull in moisture. That's why I started hunting with rubber boots more. You can't do this hunt with rubber boots, though. I saw that on day one. Like, there's no way. You, your feet would be so raw from all, like, you know, a good set of rubber boots is just not going to be tight enough for hiking like that. Yeah. And you, they usually don't have the traction necessary. But then the uh, the final thing is just adding a good wool layer. I think, um you know, I was looking at some of the things you sent over. And those, uh, I think the gray jacket you found, that was that other group. It wasn't King of the Mountain. As it was, Bill. Um, yeah. Like I think those run like 125, and and I've already got it. I'm a, I'm buying that before next season. There you like go. I, I'm that's just I'm I'm going to do that. Uh, and it could make that. It's not it's not a bad investment to be warm, right? Right. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, you know, I I think running that with uh, even under a puffy when it gets really cold and I'm deer hunting will be really nice. Oh yeah,
1: that Asbel wool pullover is uh, it's a really nice piece, and they. G. Fred Asbell was a tradition is a traditional bow hunter. Um, you know, he's a pretty accomplished outdoorsman and his wife, and he designed this this pullover that's just awesome. I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm buying that one. I found it It' great. I mean, I thought it was a really fair price. Um, you know, especially like some of those King of the Mountain. Holy smokes, uh, uh, they're uh, they're expensive. I know they're worth it. Uh, but I I am um, probably going to ease into my wool uh, uh you know i've got some merino stuff that i bought from first sight and sixth sight but i need to get something thicker yeah so yeah those that's the gear that's the answer to the gear question is, is those three things yeah and i would toss in boot gaiters, but i think i can still survive without those mm-hmm. i think they're nice to have the other things are i have to have
1: how was your let's let's kind of dial it back we kind of covered the gear there uh upgrades that we would make so when you went into it brad when you when you were you know, you're riding down there. It's like, okay, we're going to be with some dogs and and things like that, and you know, um, and then let's do the the comparison of of what you thought about hounds going into it, and then your impression of the hounds after you actually saw what what they do and how they do it.
0: So I, I'll say I've been around bird dogs, which I know is totally different than what we did, but Not a I lot. I thought yeah it, but but they don't i don't think they walk as much mileage at least not as we did that first day um it's usually a little tighter you're you are at a truck and that, that's probably what really that's probably what made my or, or kind of skewed my thought i was just kind of thinking of bird dog hunt the bird dog hunts i've done uh have been you're within a mile of the truck you know you can almost see it at times um and those dogs work really hard i'm not taking it away from them it's just very different mm-hmm and And so uh, that was a perception that I knew was probably off some. you know, we even talked about that a little bit at night four of like I've seen bird dogs work um and the other thing I think i i I had talked to people who run dogs on rabbits a- enough, and I've even seen some shows and um a lot of that seems like those dogs will run out and come back and mm-hmm. I think in my head, I thought this might be more like that uh it's a little harder. Now that I've seen it to run a bear, like a rabbit, right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. bear might, might do what, what bear wants to do. Um, and, uh, the, the other thing I talked to my buddy, Matt, who works for Garmin and he goes out on all kinds of crazy hunts. He's always trying something new. And I told him, I said, man, I'm going out with these, these dog guys. I have no idea what to expect. And he said, Oh, it's crazy. They, they rig these dogs on top of the truck and they drive around until they get a scent. So that the day before I left, uh, was kind of setting the, the thought of like, we're going to be anchored to the truck a lot. Right. And we did do that on Friday, uh, on Saturday a little bit, but even then I still hiked seven miles somehow on Saturday. I don't know how that even happened. It just kind of happened. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, so, uh, the, um, the percent I, w- I was expecting because of what Matt had said that we were going to be rigging a little more. I think is what you guys call it. Um, and, and the weather conditions when we started, he, he, told us. He said, Well, we're, we're not gonna be able to rig. We're gonna be walking, right? Yeah. let the dogs work on the ground. Um well the bears were not just expect- like la- the
1: bears are just laying up tight. You know, they're the, yeah by this point in the season, you know, bears do get road shy. Uh they know to stay away from the roads. They've been they've been chased, a lot of them have. And some, you know, some of them are like the honey badger. They just don't care. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, <laughs> yeah. I've been walking yeah. across this road and I'm not gonna let a box full of hounds stopped me today. But uh a lot of times the really smart bears will will go into more secluded, unmolested areas. You can you can I I believe that you can press your bears um uh, away from roads and things like that. So
0: Yeah. Well we were plenty away from a road. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> so uh yeah, I wasn't expecting the hiking, honestly. I was just surprised at how much we ended up yeah. walking um out of the gate on day one yeah
1: so we got up there to where we met with heath and the rest of the hunting group and then you guys split off and and you know my day started with chaos right off the bat uh (laughs) you know i i let tough out to do his thing and he hit something behind the cabin and took off on it and the neighbor marvin tried to kidnap my dog (laughs)
0: <laughs> Marvin loved tough that's for sure <laughs> I still would like to know what Marvin fed tough for breakfast oh, I am gonna bet on fried bologna I bet it's fried bologna I don't know I just got a feeling I bet
1: you're right I bet you're right <laughs> and that's why tough was like can I go back to Marvin's can I go back to Marvin's yeah oh man living
0: the dream over there no doubt
1: we, we actually brought him home and and um I've been working on him on being a house dog this week so He's been living the life. After, Marvin ruined him.
0: Oh yeah. Mar, after, yeah. Well, me and Derek may have also ruined him because he just that that on Saturday in the truck, he's just getting pet nonstop. Oh yeah.
1: I mean he he's a nut. He's a nut. But okay, so we met we met Heath. I had to go back and find Tuff because I was just I thought, man, I just can't let him run around over there and all day. Yeah. And uh, when I got back, you guys are you guys are already three miles in you know and uh, so how did that part of the hunt go that that may have surprised you or something you're like man that was cool
0: yeah so uh well first step i was shocked at how fast heath moves i mean i just was i i, I was expecting a little more casual not casual but i mean i don't know i didn't time heath but if we hadn't been busting through Laurel, this dude's probably doing a 17-minute mile, which on hiking in that terrain is fast, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I mean, the dude was just hoofing it. And um, I think he's probably a little taller than me. got a little bit longer stride. But, I mean, I'm having to, like, bust tail to keep up with Heath at times. Um, and Taylor, the other guy we're with, is just a, a hiking fool, too. He's an I animal. Mean, these guys both – they both surprised me at the pace. And I, and then I got thinking about it, I'm like, well – they're trying to keep up with the dogs a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Like, like you can't keep up with them, but we're keeping this pace to keep up with them. And so, part of um, the, part you know, of I, that,
1: Brad, is their dogs are in the hunt, you know, and you guys are kind of like, why the heck are we walking so fast? You know, you you have no expectation, yeah. you have yeah. you have no investment, and I, I I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Oh no, I, you know, no, I get it. So so it's like when I take people coon hunting the first time. They're like, why are we out here walking around in the dark? Why are we walking so fast? Why is he flying up this hill? Why is he doing this? And I don't intentionally do that. It's just that I'm stoked because I know what's happening. Yeah. you know, So yeah, I've yeah. got the adrenaline going. I've got the expectation of the hunt. I know what can happen. And people that have never experienced it are just kind of like, I don't even know why we're out here for sure. And I really don't know why we're walking this fast.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, so obviously I, I I knew why we're out there. I just didn't know how it was going to be, yeah. right? Yeah. So we we set an aggressive pace, and I mean, um, the the hard this is part of what makes it hard to gear for is you know aggressive pace busting through some laurel, nothing like what I would have been doing right. in, in an hour, right? Uh, but we're busting through laurel, and you get a little hot, you know. You start. I never took my toboggan off because um, I I, I was you know, you start taking stuff off. Plus it was orange. Uh, you start taking stuff off. You got to put it somewhere. So I'm wearing it the whole time. I kind of rolled it up, but then you stop for 20 minutes with sweat and ice on you. Now you're getting cold again. Yeah. And, and that's a little bit of what makes it tricky. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm like unfamiliar with the hiking side. Uh, you know, I, I told you, well, even yeah. a few weeks ago, I went, I did like 10 miles of the day, 2,700 feet of elevation. Like, I feel like I could hang in that. Sure. It was just surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, at the pace at which we went. Like we were, we were hiking. You know, it's kind of like I'll, 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 I'll draw an analogy to. I can always tell a great point guard in basketball when they can move as fast with the ball as anybody that's following them, right? Uh, John Wall when he played at Kentucky, I was always amazed that he could outrun somebody with a ball, uh, and the, the other person's just trying to keep yeah. up. When I'm hiking with no dogs or or a light pack, I could do that pace and it feels fine these guys doing it, we're, you know, we're all carrying guns or packs and we got dogs that we're like, and we're still moving at that pace. It's surprising. Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't have thought that we would have been moving that quick. Um, and then, so to tell the story a little bit, we started that trailhead. These other guys started the trailhead. They dropped down, I think, uh, from the other side. And, um, we go out, we're kind of along the top of the ridge or this Creek. We're about 700 yards up from the Creek. And, um, First thing I figure out is, is that these dogs are running way further out than I thought they would. Uh, so I'm, Heath is kind of telling us, you know, him and Taylor are really kind of talking back and forth. Derek and I are just listening and learning. And the first thing I learned is how far they go. So I'm like, wow, that dog is like a 1,000 yards away right now. Hmm. And it was cool watching Heath. Heath can tell, and, and you too, I saw this on Saturday – but uh, just from the way they're running on the GPS, you guys can tell if it's if it's chasing a sin or if it's on an animal. I thought that was really cool right um, and 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 then you can tell when it's weird or something's off and, and doesn't feel right and so one we stopped a couple times because the dogs um, started you know kind of getting hung up and and then uh, at one point we had been standing for like 20 minutes and Heath was, on the fence of whether or not he thought the dog was actually treed. Um, I think we even had another dog down in there that was showing treed, maybe 30 yards away. So we were kind of starting to think it was a sow cub scenario. Okay. Right. And, and so that, I think if I'm remember correctly, Derek, Derek's recollection of this is a little tighter than mine. Uh, but I think Derek said, well, like eventually the other dog came back. And I, I Kate was the one that was showing the most promise. And I can't remember what's, I guess it's spook, right? Yeah. That's his other dog. He runs So spook came back. And uh, at that point, I mean, it felt like we probably stopped for 30 minutes trying to figure out what Kate was doing. And uh, Heath, you guys are funny because you'll you'll be like real pissed at the dog. <laughs> you're like, "Come on, Kate!" And then you're like, kind of you, you you give him a little uh, a little cut down, right? A little, little bad mouth, and then and then you'll kind of feel bad about it in a few minutes. And you're like, "Nah, she's a good dog." <laughs> you guys all do that. I noticed that about every one of you. Uh, like you love these dogs so much. It'd be like if I told my son something mean and then i feel bad a few minutes later and come back and apologize to him um but Heath was kind of in that mode of like stupid dog right he didn't say that but it's kind of like i could i could see him getting frustrated um but then we heard the first just real faint right uh i think you even told me Heath's dogs are not very vocal uh right is that is that am i on track on the right one track
1: they're not they're uh, yeah when they're treed then they're a lot more vocal yeah
0: then yeah, so we we were, but that first, like, you know, heard it, and then all of a sudden, the coolest, one of the coolest parts of the day, all these dogs, I like, as a newbie, I couldn't, I, Heath's telling me they're working, but I can't really tell it. They look like dogs just been happy. We
1: could have told right. you anything. Um,
0: yeah, I it's know. like, oh, right. yeah, they're down there, you know. Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> but, like, when when they heard that first bark, I mean, stiff, like, ready to rock and roll, right? I mean, it's like watching So a, you were, a, Heath a,
1: was leading some dogs. He had Kate and Spook. Free. We call that free cast. They were free yeah. casting out there trying to find a bear, and Heath was leading some dogs too.
0: Uh, yeah. Heath had two other dogs, uh, with him on well, whatever you guys call the double the when they're kind of mm-hmm. te- the coupler. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the, he had two coupled. Taylor had. I, I thought Taylor only had a couple dogs, but there's just dogs everywhere. So I, and Taylor's behind me. So Derek said he. I think he. Had, Taylor might have had four. Yeah. Um. His. What do you call the two that go scout? Like, what's your two? That what what'd you say the freecaster? You kind of have your two that you like to freecast. Yeah, right? the ones
1: you trust.
0: You know, yeah. You don't turn, exactly. You
1: don't turn a bunch of pups loose and not know what you're going to end up with. Like, I know, well, that was the uh, other
0: thing that was amazing to me, though, is that you guys like. I, I was talking to Heath a lot about that, and and Taylor. Uh, I'm like, so so you're kind of once the the free casting dog is is on it you're letting the other young ones go so they can learn what they're smelling and looking for. And I thought that was so cool. But, yeah, basically like when when Kate got on it, I think Spook – I can't remember if Spook was already down or got – I think Spook got released and went to her. And then Taylor, you know, waiting on that for when you could hear it again, letting that next dog go, letting the next dog go. That was one of the coolest things for me. Was you could see just like a you know a, a, a military service member sitting in a base, and then all of a sudden there's a, a shot. Right? Yeah. They're like, boom, go time. Yeah. Or a fireman like, boom, there's an alarm. We're going. Yep. It was just like that. These dogs are so smart. Um, no one track minded. I learned. I learned that you guys have a hard time pulling them back once they're in that mode. Yeah. Uh, it's like Cajun, right? Like you know, once he was on it on Saturday, like. They, they just are ready to go at all times. And I think you even told me on Saturday, it's like, oh, he'll go until he just runs out of energy yep. altogether, yep. Uh, which is amazing. But so this is where it got funny. Um, you know, mostly we've been on that, the AT, right? Uh, and so, like, it's a trail. And these, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's it's not like that. it wasn't doable, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're busting through some stuff, but it hadn't been bad. And then Heath looks at me and Derek, and he goes – we can go a mile and a half around, but, you know, now I get that he just wanted to get to his dogs because he thought they were with a bear. And he's like, but I don't think we should. And, and he goes, I'm sorry. And Derek and I were like, what are you sorry for? Let's go, dude. <laughs> like, we showed up to work. And he, he said it again. He goes, I'm sorry. And he just goes down. I'm like, that was weird. We get down in this stuff, man. We go we, we drop, I guess, 700 yards uh, down. First 200 or cake. It's open forest. Um, we start getting down into – Uh, the laurel and the rhododendron and it is we go straight down to the creek and then start walking the creek it is thick as all get out and um we probably went along the creek for about five minutes and the other thing i learned is it's really hard for a beginner to tell how close the dogs are by sound Mm -hmm. um i could not i mean i any multiple times i thought any minute these dogs are going to pop out and and we were still a two-minute walk right like they're just so loud um it carries so well yeah. rather and dude we were going through this stuff um heath and taylor turned into like spider monkeys they're just like boom 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 I-, I was kidding taylor afterwards i was like dude you're like james bond over here rolling around on the ground to get under the laser or something you know <laughs> um and and derek got That's stuck. Jason derek had that
2: yeah it was like that <laughs> uh
0: and-, and and derek um who's a really skilled adept hunter um totally out of his element in this we just didn't know what we we're doing right uh he got he got stuck with that gun scabbard at one point and i i was kind of kidding him if anybody's seen toy story he's like buzz trying to get under the fence with the rocket you know <laughs> he's like go on leave me i'll catch up uh which is what Heath did he left him i think uh, eventually because we were right there um but taylor and i show up first and that is my first time seeing dogs treating anything um, so I'm walking up, and there's just this scene of chaos, uh, and it was so uh, cool. Like, these dogs are everywhere, but they're all looking. Like, I knew where to look because they're yeah. all they're all seeing it. And, um, you know, first time I've actually laid eyes on a bear in a hunting scenario. I've seen them in the wild, but um, as a tourist or something, right? right. It's like a different vibe yep. when you see that thing up in the tree. And this proceeds to unleash, like, the most 10 minutes of chaos in my hunting life right like I, i'm sitting there we got there before heath um taylor and i went up the, the mountain at one point and heath tried to stay on the creek and maybe to save Derek, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but we we got there a good five minutes before them um and so i start looking and at this bear which i believe was probably 30 feet in the air mm-hmm. and immediately i know i have not prepared like i thought i had because this is not a broadside shot like i just i don't know why i did this i just also thought i'd be able to back up more i didn't realize how thick we'd be hunting in in this cover you know i even brought the wrong gun i mean just to show how unprepared i was i brought that 30-06 uh and heath laughed at me he's like dude you ain't packing that 30-06 through this stuff right um and not to mention it's scoped like all the problems with what I thought was going to be, I thought I'd be able to back up from a tree and shoot it with a scope. When you, when you, uh, yeah,
1: when you said 30 out six, I thought, well, we'll throw it in there and then we'll sort this out in camp. I knew you weren't going to be packing it either, but yeah. at that point we'd already had like a hundred text messages back and forth about gear. And, and you said, I'll bring 30 out six. And I was just like, okay,
0: you know, whatever. Yeah. It's like, whatever. It's Cause it didn't matter. Cause you guys had so much good gear. I, I, I was packing. He's thirty thirty. Um, which I hadn't shot a thirty thirty in a long time. Uh, it took me a little, like a second. I'm like getting familiar with it before we even went back out, which is partially uh, what happens next. I think a little bit. Yeah. Um. It's, it had a red dot on it, which so I start trying to figure out how I'm going to shoot this bear. And I mean, well, your audience can't see, but I'm I hold up my hand of like a dinner plate size shooting lane, uh-huh. and that's about all I could find. And I, so I move all around this tree uh, on one side of it, the creek. So there's not really a whole lot of options here. And I finally find a spot, I sit down, and I just start trying to run through my head, like looking at this thing, of where I'm going to shoot it. And Derek, and I talked about this afterwards. the The, the bear turns into a black blob at that distance, and and it's still early. We're under a tree, a little bit of a canopy. Uh, I know there's no not leaves like there there is normally, but it's still like on. A, it's darker on this creek bed, right? Because yeah. the, the, all the trees are still kind of keeping some light out. It was only that what time bear,
1: was it? It's it only about quarter after eight
0: yeah yeah so the the light was not quite down right. in there to where I could see very well. I can't see a leg, I can't see anything on this bear. It is just this black blob sitting on this tree, and you know we talked about shooting, and Derek had told me middle middle, but that that's like broadside western hunt mm-hmm. right, like it's like a white tail you'd shoot broadside and and so I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, I can't even see middle middle so I told Heath afterwards, I said, I have this thing that I do where I don't, I'm like a meat guy. I love the meat. I always try to preserve meat. We'll get to that part when we get
1: to the pack out.
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm sitting there looking at this bear and I'm like, well, I I know if I shoot him in the front shoulder I'm going to have a a, a quicker dead bear. I'll hit vitals, uh, but I'm probably going to blow through that right shoulder the way he's sitting on me and I might lose that whole ham or at least most of it. And I really did not want to do that. Yeah, And so Heath gets there and then randomly there's other dogs showing up, which I didn't anticipate. I mean, at this point I'm guessing we had 10 or 12 dogs on this tree. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just like, you know, I, I was kind of surprised. I wasn't like really distracted by the barking. It was, it wasn't dis- they weren't distracting. What it was doing was making it really hard for Heath to communicate with me. Yeah. And I had told him before, I said, I can't size a bear and tell if it's a shooter. You're going to have to tell me if it's a shooter, um, and I will not shoot until you tell me to. You're the guide for me right now, because I need you to tell me what to do. So it's so loud that Heath is having to shout, but that adds, like, like, over a minute of this kind of communication, it starts to add some intensity to it. Like, I feel like he's yelling at me, and I know he wasn't, but, like, it's just like everything's getting amped up, right? And so he's like, shoot, shoot, and... And so I take the first shot, and I gut shot the bear because I put it just a hair too far back. And um, the bear, I didn't realize this until I saw the video that Derek had. The bear starts moving like a lot yeah, did. on this tree. And and he goes up, and I shot again. And I, I, I also felt better. I thought I was missing in my head. Yeah. I hit the bear every time I'm hitting him. Uh, I don't know where the second shot went and on. When we skinned it, it had found. a lot of holes in it. Yeah, it <laughs> did. <laughs> it did. Uh, I think the second shot hit him um, closer up in his chest. Mm-hmm. He had two chest shots. But what's weird is, like, it must have still not struck vitals because these things are just so big. That's that's really – like, it would have been a – I don't know. There's just so many places a bullet can go on a bear. Cause, and, and so the it's such a large mass, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I hit him up top. He was moving up and then he starts moving, um, again, and there was four shots overall. And the last one, I'm pretty sure it was the last one I've seen the video that blew his bottom leg out. Um, cause he was moving up. I was aiming for middle, middle again. If you have picked up, I'm a slow learner here. Uh, but I'm, I'm aiming there and i I think when he moved, I shot him in the back cause that's when he falls. Yeah. Right. It is freaking chaos at that point. I mean, in my, I can see it all in slow motion, of this bear hitting, and like in real time, it felt slow motion. Of watching this bear land, running towards Heath and Heath's dogs, and then it just vanished. Yeah, and I'm and I'm I'm like Derek's got the video. He pans over to me, and I, I think I said an explicative. Uh, <laughs> uh, and um, and I'm just kind of wide eyed of like, oh my god, what just happened? This bear just vanished, and and like the chaos that ensued and all the shooting, um, and. I get up and walk down, and he immediately he's trying to wrangle dogs, right? Because uh, uh, you guys have had some rough run-ins. I think he had some dogs get roughed up earlier yeah. in the week, so I think he, that was kind of heavy on his mind. And I go up, and I don't even see the bear. I'm looking out thinking it ran a little bit, but it died right there on the, the ledge. That thing dropped 12 to 15 feet down into a creek at, at like – a basketball goal it's like it fell off the top of a basketball right. goal you know the, this and and so i'm looking at this thing and immediately i regret gear decisions because i'm looking at that bear in the creek and i'm like i'm about to get wet right? right and i knew we had packed like hiked in for an hour and a half so i know i've got that much to walk out and so you know we start start strategizing a little bit but again you can't hear anything because the dogs don't stop i mean they just You know, they're going, everybody's kind of shouting still. It it just makes everything a lot more intense. You know, deer hunting is so different because you shoot and there's quiet. Mm -hmm. Maybe you hear it thrash for a minute, but you, you know, I always have a moment of like self-reflecting and like a little little jittery. They get that adrenaline going, but you can kind of sit there and work through it in your head. The chaos does not stop on hound hunting. Like these dogs are just going – Everybody's worried about the wounded bear. Like everything was just very, very, and the intensity did not come down until even until we had dragged it across the creek. But even then, I've still got a couple loose dogs running around biting the bear on the head and on the <laughs> right. And, um, it's like they're letting the, the bear know, you know, we won. Um, but what? What <laughs> I is? I think funny, it's so cool to get that your perspective
1: on all of it because a lot of the things you're talking about are just things that. You know, we've seen so many times that we just take it for granted. Yeah. You know, and we, and, and it's not that we lose the value of it, but after you've done, you've seen that so many times, it becomes a frustration instead of a fascination. You know, like when you're trying to drag a bear and you've got, you know, three hounds, Dog. yeah, three hounds yeah. that are trying to trying to chew on it and stuff. It's like get off that bear,
0: you know. Yeah, well, I didn't. Heath even said he's like, we gotta get the dogs out of here because they won't right. stop. And I'm That's like, right. like stop, stop barking or what? And then we get down to the bear. And, and Kate is just like chomping on this thing. Kate's the one that, that did all the work. Kate's uh, an amazing dog. So she was. And I got a picture with her and Heath, yeah. um, over the, beach. uh, but so, so this, what's funny, Heath was kind of like a, a little Buddha on this day. You know, he foreshadowed that it was getting ready to get rough by saying, I'm sorry. And yeah. Eric and I understood that about t- 15 minutes later of why he was sorry. Cause we were about to plow through some thick stuff. And then, uh, He said, you know, um, I never like it when somebody gets a bear this quick because they always think it's easy, and uh, it's not easy. And I was thinking, like, well, I didn't really think of it that way, Heath, because it was early. Like, I I guess you guys don't often shoot one that early in the morning is kind of what he was saying. And it was kind of funny because it's it's like a direct contrast to how my day ended. I didn't realize that we were about to spend – you know, so much time getting that thing out of there. Yeah. Like my day, Derek even said, he's like, man, I'll be honest. I thought we'd be back at the house by one drinking beer. (laughs) Sometimes we are by one one o'clock I was telling Derek, I didn't think we were going to get the bear out of there by nightfall. Right. Like that's how this day goes. So it was funny because Taylor says, um, we have to get the dogs out of here. We can't leave them here. They're going to be, you know, too, too much to deal with. So Heath and I are going to take them back. Don't worry, we're not gonna leave you here by yourself. We'll come back for you. And just there's a reason for this. I'm not picking on Taylor, but I didn't see Taylor again until night, right? Right. <laughs> so, right. So, so what ends up happening? Well, that's if, a collective
1: uh, statement. We will be back for you. So, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. So, it was. so, so it's like when I talk to my wife, she's like, "Did you get a bear?" And I'll say, "Yeah, we got, we shot one." And she'll be like, yeah. well, did you shoot it?" Or said, well, how, where's the we in that? You know, it's it's a yeah. collective effort. And that's the cool thing. Totally.
0: It's so cool. I told Derek after the end of it, I said, you earn uh, really like what difference does it make who shoots? Actually, it does because somebody else probably could have killed that bear in one shot. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
0: but but the uh, what at the end of the day, everybody was chipping in. So I, I say that to pick on Taylor as a joke, because he said, we'll be back he didn't know they were going to treat two more bears. That's right. Right. By accident, by accident, right. It was kind of funny because they were walking out. And, uh, I think before they had even gotten together, they got on another bear and the dogs are just gone. That was a mistake Uh,
1: more than likely, you know, honestly, um, when you've got a bear down, that's the last thing you want to happen.
0: So, you know, that I don't, I don't think they meant to, because they, we game planned for about 20 minutes. Um, I don't know if the dog was, on a, maybe 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 you're saying it should have been on a lead or something. Is that what you're? It was just a it was just a
1: circumstantial type thing. You know, for one thing, you saw what we walked through or what you had to walk through, and what I, yeah, you know where we were at. You know, trying to lead dogs out of there, yeah. you want to have dogs that are that will follow you out, like they did, like my dogs did the second day. You know, yeah, yeah. So that, they just right. come picking up stands, but still hanging. Yeah, they just come with you, and and but sometimes. You know, you're walking, walking these dogs out. They're picking up that scent on an air current. And before you know it, you've lost track of one or two and they're, you know, 150 yards. And then at that point,
0: game on again. Well, And these guys have picked up two extra dogs Mm -hmm. in this whole process. And they're trying to deal with that. Um, Heath Heath and Taylor were definitely under understaffed on trying to get out of there with that many dogs. I would say, I don't know anything about it, but it seems like that was probably the situation. And so, I I don't really still know what happened. I just know chaos ensued for them. But what's funny, we, again, underprepared, we don't have radios. We have a cell phone with with OnX, but you guys don't use OnX, so we're trying to send pins back and forth throughout the day. Uh, For some reason, the coordinates weren't syncing up when you guys would type them in, and I don't know which system that was on. It could have been either one. Um, We're trying to take OnX coordinates
1: coordinates and type them into a garmin and i don't know what's going on there i don't know if uh they just don't play well together or like you said a different system i don't know know. but uh it was it was kind of a it was a shit show
0: after that we were running into that with you with wesley it wasn't it was weird because everybody was having that issue there was some kind of breakdown there but what's what's funny so just to back up so the game plan is Derek and I are going to take this bear from where it's sitting on this side of the creek. There ain't any going up that we thought. Right. And and you had kind of told me these these Appalachian bear hunters like to drag out. They don't want to pack out, right? And so they these guys had kind of told us like, ah, you should just really drag it out. There's a trailhead, um, you know. I I thought follow at some creek. point somebody said, yeah, follow the creek. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that creek did that, uh, so, that
1: creek did go down. That's the one where we're walking yeah. out, and you got soaked. Same creek.
0: Yeah, so I told Derek uh, uh, about two hours in, we would have been better off to have a raft and just inflate it and drag the bear down the creek than what we did. Um, so we start dragging down the creek, and the, the 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 rhododendron is sitting on top of boulders. My my shins are still bruised up from falling through this stuff for so long, yeah. and we couldn't. We got to a point where we physically could not pick this two hundred pound bear through this stuff. And so we're talking to Wesley, and he starts saying, man, man you, you guys could go down this creek, but it only gets thicker from where you are. I know where you are. Mm-hmm. And he starts telling us to try to get up the hill a little bit to get above it. Because a lot of times that, that laurel and rhododendrons hanging out on the creek, it'll pop up in other places, but a lot of times it's really heavy on, yeah. on the on water like that, right? Where you were and at, so- it, was all, it was all the way to the trail. I've never seen it that thick, and I've been in that stuff my whole life because where we were hunting is very similar to where I grew up. Mm -hmm. And I also don't typically run down into it like we did, like to inspect it. So I'm sure it's just as thick where I'm from. I just, like, why in the world would you be down there if you didn't have a dead animal and you're trying to get out of there, right? So, uh, you know, I don't know how long you want to go here. I can try to expedite this part of the story. But basically— This is a good part,
1: but let's— yeah, This this is—
0: This is the, I'll I'll fast forward for what happens for the next three hours is Derek and I, one, two, three, heave this bear over rhododendron, through boulders, um, uphill, downhill through the Creek. We, we do that for about an hour. And then finally, at one point, Derek's just like, we can't do this. We got to stop. And so he calls Heath and Heath he's like, okay, but I got a dog running behind you guys. And so that the, the dogs chase a bear 50 yards behind us and, and then we're we're sitting there. I'm like, I don't even have a gun loaded, right? Like I've, I've shot all my shots at the bear that's laying here. Um, and so Derek kind of gets ready. And then a few more. We sit there for 20 minutes just talking about what we should do. We wanted to pack out, but I told you I didn't bring my pack. Yeah. So I didn't even if even if we started that, I didn't have any way to contribute other than just carrying like a raw ham here through the woods. Um, and so Wesley encouraged us to start moving up the hill. Three hours into this, Chris, we had moved like what 150 Maybe. yards from the original. Strip. Maybe. Maybe that might be generous. You guys, that, you that guys did like,
1: amazing work to get it as high as you did. Where he was,
0: well, you mentioned it rained all day the day before. The mountain is just sloppy. It, we we would there were a couple times we would get going up this hill. Hills not even accurate enough. Straight up. And the bear would start sliding back down, dude, or it's rolling back down, and and like Derek and I are falling on top of the bear, trying to stop it from from going back and erasing the last twenty minutes of effort. And we got to a point where I the the problem we got to we couldn't stand. And when you lose the ability to stand, you lose the advantage of your body weight. And so we're trying to drag this thing on our knees and and up elevation. Right. Uh, The the guns are now becoming a problem again uh, because they're getting stuck. So I told Derek, I was like, I, I'm just calling it. We got to get out of this stuff and, and get it up. We're going to get it up to that rock where we can stand up and we're going to go find help. I said, I don't even know what they're going to do because they're not going to be able to stand up in here either. But we're going to have to figure something out. And I think it's going to be a pack out. Dude, we start walking up to find the trail. I mean, 200 yards, maybe 250. It was 100. From where I think the,
1: it was 163,
0: actually. It okay. felt like 250. See this it, it felt like 400 exactly cuz it's <laughs> cuz the and there was some some cliff drops if you weren't careful coming back in yeah. uh but it's very steep it's very thick stuff uh all of it is frozen and you're getting soaked so we get out and to fast forward the story i meet up with wesley like i said earlier and he's kind of looking at us like why are these guys soaked to the bone uh it hasn't been raining yeah <laughs> um we meet up with you. We meet up with Ariel, and and the team mindset. We really started to see what was going on. We couldn't hear y'all's radio chat. Yeah. We thought we were just left for dead. Um, <laughs> uh, the 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 so so you guys have been working the whole time coordinating. I also didn't realize that Wesley where Wesley came in from, and, and Ariel like you guys were so far away. Yeah, miles miles, and um and so finally. Plus the elevation
1: change from the parking
0: lot where we parked. Oh God! To get up the hike in would have been brutal. Um, I hiked down a lot easier. Um, but you know, so you finally got there, and and um, we start you know caping and work or or skinning and all that. Um, and thankfully you had some uh, bags to get the meat into. Uh, We had a tarp that Ariel had brought, and that was critical in getting that cape out of there, the hide out of there, because it was. You know, getting caught on every it, it was a process like yeah. that alone. Fast forward, I said we we called it at twelve thirty. This is three thirty when we're we're getting down. On you the guys are up there on like, the
1: mountain. You're like these guys really have left us for dead, you know. And the whole time on our end, what's <laughs> going on is you know, he's coordinating a four-wheeler and landowner permission to get a four-wheeler up closer to you. And we're trying to decide which direction to come in and, and what we need to bring with us. And Ariel stopped and bought a couple things to to help the process. And you and Derek, poor Derek, he's like, I feel like all day people have been leaving us, you know, and uh, (laughs) talking about that. It's like, man, you have no idea what was going on on the other end. And at one time, one time we cussed, Heath, for even letting you shoot that bear down in there, me and Wesley both did. Yeah, uh, it's like why in the world would Heath let them shoot this bear down there? You know, and and so we get it up there and we start the the process of skinning and doing all that stuff. And I'm not going to lie, back feet on a bear always give me absolute
0: fits. Um, it doesn't help when somebody shot through half a one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who that was. I don't either. I have no uh, idea. Some, some other guy. Some other guy. So.
1: It took way longer. A good skinner would have had that thing skinned out for you a lot quicker, uh, but then, but then it got to the point where I'm kind of pressuring you guys. It's like, hey, I'm not trying to oh, pressure yeah. you, but if we don't get this bear out of here, we're going to be walking this trail out in the
0: dark. Well, and you saw my, I Told you I love the meat. You saw my, my go to. I'm kicked in of. I'm, I'm getting every yeah. scrap of meat. Yeah, you're I picking this thing
1: like a vulture, and I was just like, I do, Brad come on man yeah we got it yeah we...
0: you're like you're like hey we got we got a, an hour and a half maybe two hour walk out of here and we have less than that of daylight and i'm like yeah yeah yeah. but do these things have inner tenderloins yeah <laughs> i'm like
1: screw those inner tenderloins
0: we're gonna be walking yeah. in the dark we got we got a lot of meat off this barrel let's roll we did dude i i'll tell you what uh i pulled close to 50 pounds of grind nice i saved six rows five five or six rows i had almost i had 25 pounds of fat and then the hide. yeah so like i mean there wasn't a whole lot left behind there wasn't i didn't get those inner tenderloins uh they i, I got to looking at them they do have them like i assume they did i figured the anatomy is pretty similar to a deer but where we had dragged they were so covered up with crap um and kind of even just had i mean they had sticks on them and everything yeah everything and they were a lot sm- it was kind of interesting to see the the size difference on some some muscle groups compared Mm -hmm. to a deer um you know that that bear at 200 pounds was the same size my deer might have even been heavier uh this year but the bear's backstraps were small yeah
1: what a letdown
0: right well i didn't care i just was surprised i thought this big powerful animal would have big Mm -hmm. back straps and then the deer's back straps are ginormous, yeah. right? So it's it, it was kind of cool because I'm a meat guy. I love I process all my own meat. I love that part of it. Um, you know, I actually when we got home, I didn't even tell you, Chris. I was up until like one a.m. doing all that that night. Yeah. Uh, you know, going through everything. Um, but that part of it was really cool for me too. But you know, at that point, I mean, yeah, we had a long hike out of there. We crossed the creek. I had wet boots. Um, that felt like a breeze compared to the whole day prior. Um, but you, you guided us out of there to the truck. And then, uh, some guys, I, I see the truck coming and it's this glorious sight. And yeah. Derek called this out. He's like, how cool is it that those guys waited for hours for us down there just to say congrats? Like, that was the most selfless thing was having Hot Rod walk up and give me a beer. And, yeah. you know, Ariel's out there playing catch with her dog. I'm like, this is a family event. You know, you guys operate as a family unit. And, uh, and, and Derek and I even kind of talked, like, there's parts of that that had, like, Native American vibes to it, right? Of, like, this was a, a group effort, the group wins. It's not about, yeah. you know, who kills the biggest buck. A lot of times in whitetail culture, uh, it, this whole group effort can get lost when you're hunting with buddies. But um, it's just none of that was there with this group. I thought it was the coolest hunting group I've been with in terms of selflessness. Of-
1: I I hunt a lot of different places and have the opportunity to hunt with a lot of different groups, and uh, that group there is—they catch a lot of bears and there's a reason why they do it. It's because they don't care who gets the credit, you know. They mm-hmm. they they put all that aside. They put and and hunting is full of this rugged individualism mindset, you know. You want to have this solitude, and that's why we hunt a lot of times. And I do enjoy getting off to myself and starting Bear and doing stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's all about the team, you know, pulling the team together yeah. and seeing that. And I I have the same feeling every time I walk out and I see everybody. You wish they were up there on the mountain with you, uh, you know, enduring some of that. But they endured it the day before. It's it. They knew that by the time they got up there, it was going to be over. So it would have been wasted effort. And, uh, yeah, it's so cool. It's so cool. So –
0: Oh no, the the uh, the other thing on Saturday, when we got a bear down, um, nobody even knew who killed it. Like, it wasn't like on a whitetail. If I was on my group thread, it's like I killed a big buck, right? Everybody would be doing that. It's just a flip of the mindset of of how selfless it is. Even I still don't know who killed the bear. On I don't either. Like, we never. You, I'm not sure. I, you, I don't either. You guys. Now that you yeah, mentioned see, it, But that's that's what that's what I'm saying is so cool. Cause we were even asking Derek and I are still in that individualism mindset. Like you are talking about of like, yeah, but who shot it? And it's like, who cares? Yeah. The group treat a bear, you know? Uh, I, I, I learned a lot about, I thought that was a really cool aspect of, yeah. you know, of, of, and I will like, you know, Heath out there on, on the first day watching him, he's coordinating like a, a head coach, head football coach of right. Of like right. tactics and, uh, coming up with a game plan and, um, I anticipate that the bear is going to do this, so I need you to be two steps ahead and be over here. I couldn't believe how much of that was was part of the process. Mm-hmm. You know, people people who say you just wait until the dogs get the thing treed. Um, I think that's likely. Uh, people who haven't experienced it, even even on I posted on LinkedIn that I went on a bear hunt. Um, and and talked a little bit about it and, and the perspective shift. And some guy, I only had one guy give me hate uh, actually two, one, one, uh, one of them said something like, uh, you might as well hunt over, uh, a, uh, a, a, I'd rather hunt baited bear than to hunt with dogs because dogs do all the work. And I was like, man, that's just like none of the experience that I had on either day. Right. I mean, and none of it, you know, there was, um, I told Derek, I said, I don't want I don't ever want to knock one type of hunt against another, but this was definitely harder than my whitetail hunts. And, you know, you can, you can go out and not have hunted or even been on the ground for a year, I could show up and I could shoot a 180 inch deer just by happenstance. That does not happen with what you guys do. If you didn't train those dogs year round, if you didn't put on all the effort, if you didn't have a good game plan on day of, you're not getting a bear. And you guys actually talked about how there's other groups down there who aren't having anywhere near the, the bears that you guys are having on the exact same property, right? And so... To me, the whole thing, like the whole argument is dead. Like I, Derek told you too, we'll be defenders of this until we (laughs) die now because I've seen, like Heath is, he's crazy. He's talking about going off to New York and just running bears to keep his dog sharp. And Taylor's like, yeah, you got to run them every week or so where they start to lose their edge. And I'm like, every week? Like I can't even, I don't even know if my dog was fed this morning and you guys are over here on like next level of treat I mean they're athletes. That's that's what I really came to to understand is these dogs are the NFL of of dogs, right?
1: We try we I tried to lay that out a little bit for you to give you some perspective on that. You know what what you got to see and I think I said this, but imagine how many times those dogs and those hunters have gone into that same area and done the same thing to catch a bear. And and it starts all the way back, like like when I'm breeding hounds, I'm I'm already thinking three generations from the cross from the from the breeding that I'm doing now, from the cross I'm making now, of of what what I'm going to try to do. So there's this huge investment that's never seen, and it can't. There's it's like you've talked about it before, Brad. You've you've talked about uh, telling the story, not just the success you know, showing, showing the whole journey. That's why Heath's show is called the journey. Cause we want to capture everything from the time that that puppy's born to what he goes through his developmental stages, all this different stuff and how much time's invested there. So we can take guys from go wild to go out there and have a successful hunt. And, but also we want, want the world to know that it's not that, it's not just that easy, you know. I I'm not walking yeah. in and putting you in a tree stand where I've had trail cams out, and uh, you know you zeroed your rifle the week before and shot maybe 20 rounds, and now you're ready to kill a deer. And I'm not knocking yeah any other hunting either. I know
0: I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, even the yeah the whitetail guys. I, I get on guys who um, I hate the whole public land versus private land thing because the people don't realize like where I hunt, I'm private is more congested and pressured than where I hunt on public back home. Yeah. And pe- people will argue with me that that's not true. But I tell you what, when I go out on opening morning here in, in, in northern Kentucky near Louisville, I'll hear 100 shots before 8 a.m. Right. If I do that back home, I don't hear that kind of pressure. Right. Um, and, and, you know, the guys that work hard on private land, like you said with Whitetail, you know, they have their own journey there. I yep. don't think it's ever really easy. You can luck into things. But like even, I mean, I worked hard for that bear. I didn't do what you guys had done all year long. I showed up, but I mean, dude, like I said, that was the hardest hunt I've ever been. That's on. exactly and,
1: right. You know, it's it's every person's hunting experience is their own personal journey, and successful hunters are ones who are not afraid to put in the work. There's yeah, there's and, work and in, two, involved in all
0: of it. Success is fluid. It 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 it, it shapes to each hunter's glass, right? Uh, a guy who's been hunting whitetail 30 years might have a bigger glass that needs to be full it takes a little bit more to get him excited about a buck you take a kid or an adult who's never done it shot glass is all yeah. just enough yeah. right it's it doesn't take a lot to get them excited and um you know there's i think i think that's one of the coolest things about it is how many different ways you can enjoy it and how accessible uh how accessible success is with it, you know. The, I see and go wild all the time. I love seeing guys post their first archery buck, right? And it'll be and they still are proud of it, and they should be, you know. Like that's to me what makes hunting, uh, really cool is that there's always a new way to shape it and to try something different. I told Derek, I said I've really, you know, last year I'd never uh, goose goose hunted, went up and did uh, chase some geese in Michigan. Thought that was really cool. This year I got to do a bear. I said I am going to continue. To find new things now. Like, this is just kind of set a fire under me to make sure I keep challenging myself. And, um, not to mention, man, bear meat's really good. Like, I might, I might be back. There. Oh, dude. Yeah. Well, I've only had one meal with it, but, um, uh, we did the, I've, I've, well, I've eaten one cooked meal and then some leftovers of it. We did tacos and my wife was raving about no it. No kidding. Um, great. Yeah. Yeah. My kids loved it. My kids ate it up in a quesadilla. So, um, yeah, that, that meat will go to great use. Awesome. So that, like, now I'm, I've also got another game meat that I'm interested in. Uh, I really like it, it. I told Derek I, after I shot it, I said, I don't know. I might fall in your all's category where I might have more fun on the chase up until the shot. And then I ate the meat and I'm like, no, I would definitely want to come down and shoot one again for the meat. Like, or at least get some with somebody else's, uh, like if I could get a couple cuts or something like I loved it that much, Yeah. but it was interesting. I, I always, uh, I don't mind telling the story. Some people call me a little bit of a wuss for having these thoughts, but like I saw that bear treed and just like with a deer, I'm getting ready to shoot. Like I, I have a little bit of remorse that I'm about to end a life. Like that's actually my least favorite part of the whole thing. And people that don't hunt, don't get that. Mm-hmm. You guys get it though, because I'm talking like, it's like, Heath's like, I haven't shot a bear in five years. right? And he's like, I just love like this part up to this part is what's fun for me. And um, you know, I, I think, and you kind of said something like, uh, "You hadn't, you know, you're not taking them every year either." Right. And I thought, "I've never shot a bear.
1: I've never shot a bear. It's not. It's it not so that I cool. wouldn't wouldn't do. It's just that every situation that I've been in, you know, there's a guy from like you there that's that's never experienced yeah. this. Or well, my daughter shot a bear, you know, that we yeah. treat because I let her shoot it. But if I I thought I was going to shoot one on Monday, <laughs> you know, one that came out, <laughs> came out of the tree and was yeah. mixing it up with the dogs. And if he would have stayed there for even probably five, he felt, he felt the sights on him because I, I was drawn down on him. And as soon as I put, you know, brought the rifle up, he broke and took off and everything was okay. But, uh,
0: but I thought that was really cool. The way you explained that to me on Saturday, because Derek and I were both shocked to hear that you had never done it, but you, you said, well, I've always got somebody else who wants to have that experience mm-hmm. more, a young kid, a guy like me who comes in to see yep. what it's like. And I just think you guys give so much on that, but I, I do like want to stress, you know, not your audience listening to this will get it, but uh people just on the chance that somebody from my audience comes over and checks out your podcast for the first time. I, I want to stress do. that I think most most hunters who are thoughtful about this, and there's some that don't care and they're bloodthirsty. There there are those people that just like to kill. I don't think that's most people. I think most people really, you know, uh, Derek said the same thing. Cause I kind of told him, I said, yeah, it was a little bit of a moment of like that bear was so majestic looking that you hated to end it. Uh, and I had that moment with my white tail this year too. That was the most majestic looking deer. He'd come out full rut, stomping big swollen neck. And you know, you, uh part of you realizes that you're, you're going to end his story. And I, you know, it's like, I don't like that. I don't, I don't need that like for an ego, but the second I get up on these things, it's meat time. Like I, I changed that whole attitude. I understand, like I'm, I'm grateful for him And I always have a little bit of a moment, and even with the bear, once we kind of got all through all the chaos of getting out of the Creek and everything. Um, and I was kind of standing there with him, waiting on Heath to come back or something. I don't remember kind of just patting him on the head of like, thank you. You know, this I, I promise I'm going to do right by you and, and you're going to get eaten. Yeah. You know, you, we're, we're going to enjoy this. And, uh, my, my wife, um, sometimes ask me why I keep every deer skull, even if it's not a, a big, you know, I shot a little forky on accident or not forky, a spike on accident last year, thinking it was a doe and I got its skull right. cleaning up in my garage right now. And she's like, why do you keep these things if they're not trophies? She's not a hundred dollars, So she has no concept of this. And I said, well, because I, I get to honor that thing every time I, I look at that, like I get to, I get to remember him, remember that story. I get to tell somebody else's story. And for me, that's, that's a tribute, you know, that, uh, hunters only a hunter understands nobody ever does a tribute to the costco chicken that they ate right like nobody <laughs> thinks of it that way i've never met anybody that way but, my wife hunters, my wife man, values them <laughs> my wife likes them but she also if we don't get through it all she'll toss yeah. it and she doesn't think twice about right. it like for me if i had part of my deer i didn't eat i would be agonizing right i just think that there's uh there's a thoughtfulness in hunters in general that, that most people don't understand. And there was a, a thoughtfulness among you guys that I think even hunters don't understand. I, if I were to boil what I'm trying to say, I think down hmm. quickly, I think there's just a, there's, there's a, there's a whole different level. I think a lot of people look at houndsmen and think you guys are bloodthirsty, want to get out there and just make it easier and get a quick kill. What amazed me is the number of times you've had a shot this year and didn't kill that. That to me was the coolest thing is, is the number of bears you've treed and, I think I was the sixth bear this season or in December or whatever yeah. that time frame. Was. Out, of, out of like 40 some bears, right. you've only taken six. Yeah. And you're trying to take, Derek and I were also impressed that you guys are out there self-policing. Um, you know, the loss is a hundred pounds. You're trying to only do 200, you know, you're trying to find old boars. You're trying to, you know, even if it's legal, it doesn't mean you're going to do it. You guys are really good stewards of the land and the wildlife. And um, it was an honor to get to spend two days with you, kind of learning from, from you wow can you believe that it is 2023
1: i'm going to start 2023 off better than i did 2022 i'm going to do all of my inventory on my gear i'm going to look at all that stuff i'm going to make sure that everything i've got for this year is up to par up to snuff we just did our patreon giveaways seth posted those held those on a facebook live we got that all wrapped up for 2022 we had some great winners we gave away some great prizes we gave away gift certificates for old south dog boxes we gave away um, books we gave away a rough cut and we gave away a cajun lights Rogaroo. and um, i was really excited to be able to give that light away Rogaru from cajun lights is our highest end light and it's got a laser built in i mean it is a super light i'm telling you and it's backed by one of the best guys in the business lw nixon is a great guy cajun lights is going to stand behind the lights that they they offer you our patreon supporters you've got a special code that you can use for a light but uh you're gonna you're gonna be happy with that light. I've got I've got the Bayou. I've seen the Cajun in action, and I've got the um, uh, Micro Gator. I've used all of them. I love all of them, and uh, they're adequate lights. He's also dropping coats and vests, and I mean he's got Houndsman XP hats there. And the good thing is he's gonna be at the Grand American this week. He's gonna be set up in the vendor barn, so you can actually go by and meet LW and find out why you need to do business with this guy. LW's a super dude. He's going to bring his family with him, I assume, and uh, you're going to meet the whole family and see where you're spending your money. So check out Cajun Lights. You won't be disappointed. I know I love mine, and uh, I love my new coat, too. Check out that new coat they've got going on. They've got dogs or tree products. Paws are protected. Dogs are hydrated. Anything that you need for hunting with your hounds, Cajun lights and Cajun lights out or Cajun outdoors has that stuff and they'll have it in the booth this week at the grand American check them out folks and it was an honor having you guys and uh, we've tried to talk I've I've tried to use this platform on this podcast so many times to talk about the things that you just said you know when we engage with wildlife at that level with that investment with with the passion that we have, um, it's a level that someone who has never hunted will never understand. Our I investment agree. is so great, and emotional investment, financial investment, time investment, and it's all because we are we love this wildlife. We love everything from a raccoon to a black bear to a mountain lion. You know, it's all about like y- you talk about fulfillment of the hunt. Um, for me, the fulfillment of the hunt is watching my dogs perform well. And I didn't get a lot of that joy this last week. Uh, I had some, I had kind of a a week that was pretty, pretty rough. Uh, I didn't get a, didn't get any dogs in on, on Friday at all. Uh, so I've got dogs riding around in the back of the truck. Part of it was because of my own mistake with, with tough, you know, and I had to go back and, and take care of that. But, for me the fulfillment is you take this this hound that that has been bred for a specific purpose and you see him fulfilling his purpose and and you know that the hours you put in and the work that you put in all comes together at that moment and i think it's funny that you know you say when you got to the tree it was chaos and for us that's the most controlled part of the entire yeah. hunt you know, yeah, the yeah. game's where you want it. The dogs are where they need to be. Everything's good here. You know, everything leading up to that can be extremely chaotic. So that perspective is 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 interesting. Yeah, that's
0: funny. Coming from a deer hunter, though, I I told Derek we were talking about this on the way back. I said, you know, I really my my preferred way to th- and this is maybe if there's any conflict with with this whole thing, and I'll just be like, this is this is the thing I thought about. It's that that bear knew I was there. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's where I was a little. I don't. I like taking an animal that has no idea it's about to die. That's that's where there's a little bit of conflict in my mind of of like, did I like that as much as deer hunting? And again, I'm not knocking. It, I'm just trying to right. be real. I think that that's where there was a a little bit of a a debate for me of how much like that. I think that's the big difference in a western hunt, really. Mm-hmm. A black bear is is that bear has been in a fight and knows that it's it's in trouble. Right. And and I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying like if if anybody if we're real here, I think that's where a little yeah. bit of the narrative That's interesting. I've never thought of,
1: I've never I've never really dialed it, you know dial it down to that level to think about that. But I I absolutely know what you mean. You know, I've seen those yeah, bears. I think, well
0: I think yeah I think I think there's just something and I don't have I don't have a I'm not a philosopher here, Chris. I did almost minor in philosophy. I'm one one credit shy of it. Uh but I, I, I'm not <laughs> Uh I'm not trying to get to that level with you per se but there's just something that was really that if if anything was really different besides all the work besides how active it was uh that that part of it kind of surprised me when I got to that tree of of, of realizing I'm like this bear knows that like it's in trouble and at risk and I've always prided myself with whitetail when I can make a quick clean kill mm-hmm. the the animal dies fast it had no I loved this deer this year because he I mean peak of existence for a buck, right? Yeah. I see that doe, I smell that doe, I'm about to breed that doe. This is my jam. This is my property. I've been fighting. I've got torn up ears. I've got he had 4-inch cuts on his back where he'd been battling bucks. He was the bad mofo on that property and was at his peak existence when I took him and totally unaware of me. Right. I I I really like there's something that I like about that. And I don't, again, I'm not trying to not, this is not a knock on hound hunting. It was just very different when I got to that tree and I'm looking the bear in the eyes and he knows that I'm not good, Yeah, right? Like he knows that something. And every
1: bear, bears will react differently, you know, and guys that have a lot of experience can, and I think there's something primal about it too, um, because I think like the bear that, that I walked into on Monday, he was only eight feet off the ground. And he had no idea I was there. And as soon as he did know I was there, his demeanor completely changed. Before he's safe, he's looking down at the dogs and he's thinking, okay, I'm good. But as soon as he locked eyes with me, you can see it in a video I posted. You know, ears went back. He chomped it. You know, he chomped his mouth and and woofed a little bit. And right then he was, you know, that language was like, you're not supposed to be here. And I'm not staying here. So then it changes yeah, yeah. the game a little bit, and um, you have to adjust accordingly. But I've seen that too. Like uh, you know, I've caught bears before where they're on the ground, and one dog is is there with them, you know, baying them, and they look at you, and they just they're like okay, and they just take off, or they go up a tree yeah. right there and and that bear could have just as easily swatted the dog aside and been you know wearing you like a fur coat and
0: uh yeah well and i I hope uh you know i think the the fair criticism to what i'm saying it's a little anthropomorphic i'm assigning human emotions Mm -hmm. to a bear and saying that it was scared i don't know bears get scared per se the way we do um but there was a a more than if i refine that down and boil it down a little bit more there was an awareness. Yep. yeah that that was just really different it's 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 just something that was um that's interesting i hadn't thought about until i see got i like moment, hearing I, I
1: like hearing perspectives like that because it makes me think deeper about being able to talk about my story and telling my story of why yeah. i do what i do and um uh...
0: Yeah. Well, i think i think that i mean that's some of the criticism i've heard of hound hunting though is that you know from an an anti-hunter is that, you know, Peter will say that the animal was scared and they think that they have like mommy daddy relationships for but the rest a, of their life and they all gather up for Thanksgiving together and that's not how it works. So when you right? tree like, and free
1: that. one, when you tree and free one, I th- I walk away from that. Now that we're talking about it, I walk away from that with that feeling that I've I've given this bear grace or I've shown mercy. Yeah. You yeah. know, or go run another I day. I did the same thing
0: with a deer. I I I Point early in the season, and I don't tell my wife about it because she's gonna get mad. I'm passing on deer, but uh, you know, if I'm uh, if I'm if I let one go, you know, you kind of have that, like, I got you, buddy, yeah, you know, there's like a little bit of a uh, relationship there, too. Um, and again, I think something happened to your time, mic
1: there, Brad. I'll
0: yeah, uh oh,
1: I think you unplugged it. I heard a click and then a boom, but uh, how about now? We're good, am back? No, not really, but i've got i've got decent sound quality we need to be wrapping it up anyway because this is just like any other hunting story we could talk about it for three hours man it'd be so awesome and and i want to have i'd love to see you guys come back and uh experience it again and uh uh bring Braden. i think Braden would or jacob would have a, any of your guys would have a you know blast doing it
0: they would for sure can you hear me now
1: now I, I can hear you but you're on your uh, computer speakers we're fine
0: yeah I did have to switch back to that because I I, I, some, I was as I was talking I was fiddling with my wire there and I might have shorted out I wasn't paying attention I was just kind of like <laughs> anyway sorry I, I got I got a little uh, philosophical on you but you know I do think there I think like as a I felt a little bit of that and I, the thing I wanted to button up there is that um, I've I had that thought. And I had to, I, I thought about it afterwards. And I told Derek, that was part of like, when i we was talking about it, uh, that day, when we're trying to drag this bear out taking breaks in between the heave hose, um, I said, you know, th- I explained what I just said. And I said, that was really different for me. And I'd have to think about if I'd want to shoot it another one. Mm-hmm. And then when I got through the whole experience, I saw how much hard work there was in it. And I had, I've eaten the bear now. I'm like, yeah, like, I think that is part of it that's different, but, um, it, it would not, it wouldn't be a deterrent. It's just, it is, I, I think it is worth recognizing that there's a, a different relationship with a bear when you take it by dogs than there is with, with like a deer or anything else you shoot that doesn't know you're there. Um, right. There it, it was an interesting, interesting, just a feeling that I had that I didn't anticipate when I walked up on that tree, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think that's a deep rooted, um, emotional response you know it goes back to our dna or genetic makeup it's like um you know when you when you raise a hog uh you know my kids were in 4-h and um we raised hogs for 4-h and i've got an agricultural background but that hog knows what's coming i mean yeah. they don't really know what's coming but but uh they're aware of you're there and so it's it's I'm, I'm drawing some parallels there between the two. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, that's an interesting concept, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I, uh, I think part of it too, is just, you know, you have so much respect for the animal. Um, I, I think it comes back to where I'm such a deer hunter, like at, at heart, like taking it. I think turkeys are kind of the same way. You want to take one that thinks he's getting ready to breed, right? Yeah. That's just awesome, right? You know, there's something to that. It was, a, it was just a mindset shift for me. Yep. Again, I think I'm through it. Well, I think, I, I I think deer hunting
1: hunting's a little bit different too because, you know, you're, you've done all this work to be uh, stealthful and enter into that world without them detecting you. So you know your scent's yeah. right, your stand placement right, the wind's right. You know, all this stuff is right, and you have accomplished it because that buck has no idea you're there. And then all of a sudden you culminate it with that good shot, and he really never knows what hit him. And um, so that's all part of this the journey and the success for the deer hunter, whereas a bear, when it has, you know, the hounds with it, it knows it's gotta. It's gotta find some place that it yeah, can be safe. Yeah,
0: you know, I do love what you're saying there because it's really coming into it. It's just a different expectation. Yep. You know, you're gonna you're really battling that bear in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like a whitetail doesn't know you're there, but that, if you think of it kind of more in a real battle, that. Bear, Heath even sent me a video yesterday of one running out in the open field, right. and you can just. I mean, I wish I could have seen that something like that of just this bear. And what what the battle really is? It's a little bit of a war that's waged. So. I wish you would have been um,
1: with him. Uh, I don't remember what day it was this week, but the one that put him on his truck. Oh yeah, he showed me the video yeah. of
0: that. Yeah, I might I might have peed my pants in that <laughs>
1: scenario. Well, Brad, man, I appreciate you taking time. I really appreciate uh, you guys. Thanks for having me, man. Coming down and experiencing that with us. I would encourage my audience to find guys like you that. Uh, that are that are objective and open minded and want to experience this stuff. Don't be afraid to take take hunters that that have never done this before and let them experience what we do. Um, the only way that hunting, I, I'm a big proponent of bridging gaps, and in the hunting community, Go Wild's a great place to do that. We get engagement. I'm really surprised with the amount of engagement that I get from non-hound hunters and my posts and different things like that. There's people listening to my podcast over there that that are logging hours listening to the podcast. You look at their profile, they're not houndsmen. That's all good. You know, every yeah. every chance we get to showcase what we do and when people can walk away from the, the hunting experience like you and Derek did, man, that is such a huge win for houndsmen and
0: hunting. Yeah. I agree, man. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, I, I think too, you know, there's plenty, I learned so much from that platform. We got guys that post about falconry and yeah. go wild, you know, yep. it's, it's a really interesting community. And if I, I, I've, I've not sold it, uh, you know, we've kind of just been talking, but if, I'll just pitch it to your group if they haven't joined yet, you know, you get 10 bucks for signing up, you can go to the app store, download the app go wild, or you can go to download go wild.com. And then as you're posting, you know, log in podcasts or logging a bear, you know, these tree bears get a lot of points on go wild. Yeah. And, uh, the, you know, as you're doing that, you're, you're going to unlock rewards. We have a lot of great earned rewards. For Absolutely. So, you know, you guys that are buying a lot of expensive gear, we have some of that gear. We have, um, you know, uh, some some things that apply directly to Houndsman. Uh, but the the other thing I'll say is we're adding a lot more. We're trying to get more gear in there. And even if taking the rewards aside, you know, um, rather than buying stuff on Amazon where, you know, you're, you don't know where your money's going, or actually, you know, it's going to Jeff Bezos stock so he can build rock or flying rockets or whatever. Right. Uh, but, but with go wild, you know, we're really focused on giving back and, um, focused, you know, we're donating a percent of our profits into, uh, outdoor nonprofits. We are, um, really focused on, um, you know, trying to bridge the, the communities together and that that's how we mm-hmm. get supported. We're not, selling your third party data like like meta does and Facebook right. does. We're not doing creepy stuff to to really sell ads. Now we'll sell you'll see ads on there. I'm not saying we don't have ads, but uh you know we we know because you logged a deer that you like deer hunting so we're gonna show you deer hunting ad. It's not creepy stuff. You right. know? So um I, I hope people get on there and join. If you do join you'll get a, a message from me in the first twenty four hours. That one's automated. We do that to to welcome people, but uh, while that one's Robo, Brad, if you reply back, it's really me that responds. So uh, let me know you heard it, heard it on the show. Last time I came on here and talked to Briss and then Heath, you know, we had a ton of people come out. So if you haven't joined the Houndsman XP guys on Go Wild now's the time. I
1: agree. Can't can't agree more, man. It's a great platform thing. I tell people it's like um, you know, it, the amazing thing about your team, Brad, is I can send. I can send all the messages I want to Mark Zuckerberg and I'm never going to hear back from him. <laughs> but and he's not going to listen to what I have to say, but you guys listen to what your audience what your what your crowd has to say. You respond. I know you respond to almost every message you get personally.
0: If I didn't respond, I just missed yeah. it cuz it get lost. Yeah. So I'll get, I get I get a lot but of it. But the them. Hound so, Gears yeah, the
1: Hound Gears getting ramped up because you guys listen. I I just and so
0: well and too like we didn't even until i met you chris uh i don't think we had treed and freed as an option on bear right. i hadn't thought about it i'd never done this before and and you guys were like hey you know we treat black bear all the time it's a lot of work what's the difference in treeing one and shooting one it, like at that point we could have shot it but we yeah. didn't and so we added that option so you guys can do that and, and there's probably other species where we need to add that so if you guys come in and tell us you know our team usually within a week we'll, we'll have a trophy fish, yep. you know, actually after one of my to-do lists today is somebody was asking for some species I've never heard of. No idea what this thing is. No guy something out of Texas. Cause you can kill anything. No, Catamundi. Uh, I, no, <laughs> I don't, it, it was, it was something I had never heard of. Um, and, uh, it's probably out of Texas cause you can kill almost anything in Texas. Right. Uh, I love, I love my Texas buddies. Uh, but the, you know, we're going to add that in today, yeah. you know? So, um, it's a uh, it's a fun platform and it's just really different and I hope people will join that community. Yep.
1: Well, Brad, I appreciate it. Tell Derek I said hey. Tell we'll make do. sure he, I hope Braden realizes how what a good time he missed and he'll want to come.
0: Uh, Jacob Jacob's ready to rock. And Jacob roll. is he, too. He's, he's, yeah, Jacob wants to come down because he, he heard uh, he was on uncensored with us and the uncensored show we were talking about earlier. If you look up uncensored by Go Wild, that's our podcast. It's usually full of nothing but mistakes and, and errors and stupid stuff we do while hunting and fishing. So we like to say it's the, the, the woods, water, and whatever's uh, from the weekend. We get, we get together on Monday morning at 9 a.m. and just tell the story of, of what we did. And so Derek sat down and, uh, with me, and we told the story to, I think it was Dan and Jacob. Um, and so that show's about an hour long. Normally they run 30 minutes, but we let yeah. that show run what's crazy is we barely got into Saturday's hunt. You know, it's just like, there was so much with, with the, uh, it's fun to hear Derek too. So if you guys enjoyed this, you might enjoy a little color commentary from Derek. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Well, Brad, I'm going to wrap it up I'm going to tell you this, Yep. you know, when you got there, I handed you a dog leash and when you're handling a dog, then that basically becomes your dog during the, during the uh, hunt. So we'll just end it like this until next time you follow your hounds and I'll follow mine.
0: Yes, sir.